Welcome back to Rock's Fall, Everyone Dies. I'm Scott, he, him, and I'm the DM. Hi, I'm Tommy, he, him pronouns, and I play Lieutenant Banked Marceau. Hi, I'm DeSombra, she, her pronouns, and I play Greg. Hi, I'm Lena, she, her, and I play Sanjana. Hi, I'm Jin, they, them, and I play Bambi. Last time we left off, Khaled had spoken to all of you in his study and have given all of you a discussion of, well, what it takes to be undead, certain dietary requirements that you might have that he is unable to fulfill for you with his undead servants and whatnot. He has specifically stated that it seems that the lot of you that are undead are going to have to consume a humanoid, probably at least once a month, or start to suffer certain mental consequences, slowly going crazy or losing your physical ability to move and being trapped in your minds forever. Sort of horrible fates worse than death kind of a thing. And in order to avoid that, it looks like you're going to have to do a murder or three. But specifically for Sanjana, who is not undead as it turns out, but is in fact some sort of demon spawn, they have to do a murder of their own, of someone whose, quote, contract is up, end quote. So you all left the keep, and Sanjana picking up a black envelope containing the details of her quarry on it, and moved on into the forest. Through a fantastic uh, role by Greg, you were able to come upon the trail of a hunter who was out doing some night hunting to meet a quota, and Banked rushed forward and confronted this hunter, fooling him into thinking that he was a fellow hunter at night. The hunter, out of professional pride, asked Bank to leave, but Bank then consumed him like the blob. It was horrifying. So after that body horror was finished, now pot-bellied Banked got to eat, and the rest of the team uh, moved forward after Sanjana showcased her fantastic transformation skills, moved on, and now you are overlooking Bohm's Landing from the edge of the forest. The town is... Well, I shouldn't say town. It's actually a small city. There's a lot of people in Bohm's Landing. It is a well-populated area, and the surrounding area tends to be farmland, and you're going to probably be passing through a lot of that on your way into town. But from the edge of the forest, which is on a rise, you can actually see that there are still a lot of lights going on in town. It is a few hours into the night, but Bohm Landing's nightlife is ongoing. You see uh, near the outskirts and edges and different parts of town, there are lights on in windows, and the sound of people carousing reaches you on the air. There even seems to be people milling about in in the shadowy... What's the word I'm looking for? Lantern light of the city streets. From here on, we're actually going to do something new and interesting. We're going to use initiative to determine who we're going to follow first, because the party is splitting up. So I believe it's time for everyone to roll initiative, please. Because Greg and Bambi, you two have opted to stay together during your outing, uh, let's go ahead and have you two both roll, and we'll take the average of your rolls. Oh, man. We're all rolling solo. <laughs> solo, we can't hear you. Nobody gets to go. Oh, man. Do I have anyone 25 to 20? That's a negatory. <laughs> okay. Do I have anyone t- 15 to 20? I got a 17. So Greg is at a 17, but we're going to average yours and Bambi. So anyone 10 to 15? 
14 for Sanjana. Awesome. 12 for Bambi. Okay, so with that average of 12 and 17, the average of those two is, hold on, I can do the, I, can, I promise I can do this math. <laughs> it's 14 and a half, huzzah. All right, yes. So we've got a 14 and a half and a 14. And that means that Banked is gonna be last in the initiative order just for kicks and giggles. What did you roll? Uh, I rolled an eight. Uh -huh. I'm so fine with that. Moving slow with my pot belly. Disombra, we go first. <laughs> So we're going to start with Greg and Bambi. Then we're going to have Sanjana, and then we're going to have Banked. And we'll just continue doing that until everyone is done feeding. So, Greg and Bambi. Okay. We're going to go ahead and skip past the whole everyone climbing down the hillside and sneaking through farmland territory and entering the city unawares, because that's boring to me. Uh, so basically, you enter through a city gate. The town walls, they're not super high. They're not super thick. This, this, this place is sort of relatively peaceful. It's more of a trading hub than anything else. So it's... It has walls, it can be defended, but that's not really what this city is built for. Getting past the guards at the side gate is not super difficult. It's late at night, and you guys are creatures of the night, so why the heck not? But things are still pretty active. You don't even really need to sneak through. You guys look humanoid-ish enough that you could just walk through with people who are entering and leaving because there's still some people who are, you know, like farmers who are entering town to, to go to get a drink at the pub, people who are leaving town to go back home after doing their shopping in town. It's still relatively early in the evening. It only takes a couple of hours to go from the keep to here. So it's only a few hours after dark. Now, of course, this is medievalish times. So hours after dark is still, you know, fairly late. but there's still nightlife. There's carousing and there's drinking and there's people who are doing, you know, evening shopping, that sort of thing. It's kind of crowded. If your plan is to go do a murder, now's probably not the best time. You might want to hold off on it. And the two of you are, well, I think actually by stats, you two have the highest intelligence in the group. So you'd probably be able to figure that out. But Bambi, you're back in the city. You probably still have a bag of stuff in, the, in your tree. Yeah. Yeah, I probably do, actually. Um, as we're walking, she's going to uh, kind of tug on Greg's um, arm. Like, kind of like a child a little bit. <laughs> just grabs his pinky and tugs a little bit. <laughs> so that he looks down. She's like, um, I need to make a pit stop. I, I left my stuff somewhere before we, uh, what happened happened. So, uh, you think we could hang by the library for a second so I can go and climb a tree are you asking if we can lose these two other losers yeah let's go <laughs> yeah let's go let's go to the tree <laughs> bye guys <laughs> i gotta see a man about a tree <laughs> i gotta see a man about a tree the tree sounds great compared to these i cannot stand the other two i can tolerate you yeah let's well, go get thank the tree you. thank oh my you gosh the highest praise i want to be tolerated by greg he tolerates very few. Total cupcake face. <laughs> Greg Summer, tolerate me. <laughs> he did notice you. 
I noticed me. Fred Senpai. Uh, so this is a path that you've probably walked many times. And you get to this nice open field. There's a bunch of trees in this park. There's a hill, some nice benches. There's a few lamps here and there. It's actually kind of a nice municipal park that is in front of the library. You know, nice digs for the great outdoors and not sleeping with a roof under your, over your head, excuse me. But it feels like it's been a lot longer since you've been here. It's probably been a month or less since the last time you were here. Maybe, I don't know, somebody who pays more attention to the timeline than me will probably know. And they'll probably be shouting into their, their, their cell phone right now. Like, it's been a month and a half. But it's, it feels like it's been years, like it's been forever. But there it is. There's your tree. And there are still some lights on in the library. You can see from this distance, although you can't really see much else or details for that matter. Everything just kind of gets blurry after a while. But up close, everything is super sharp, like fine details, microscopic detail. Well, uh, this is... My place. You live in a tree? I didn't have anywhere else to go. All right. No judgment. It's comfortable. I, I've got a hammock up there. It's nice. Uh, I've just got to shimmy my way on up there. Just going to write that down. <laughs> I didn't know about the hammock. <laughs> It'll be just a second. Just give me a second. And then, like... You know, where she usually just kind of walks like a normal person, a little bit like into herself, like a nerd. Nerd! <laughs> she takes a step up to the tree and like with feline-like precision just scrambles up the tree. Like a scurry. Yeah, like a scurry. She scurries up the tree. <laughs> Greg is not going up the tree because he would fall. Greg, about how far back are you? by the tree. You're by the tree. He's by the tree. Like at the trunk looking up. But he's okay. not going up there because he cannot climb. He is yeah. a turtle and he's got the dexterity of what? Nine. <laughs> yeah, no. He's smarter than that. He knows he can't climb up that tree. He's not scarring nowhere, but he'll watch. All right. So, Greg, let me give you the lay of the land down on the ground and then we'll get to Bambi who has scrambled up into the tree. You're pretty close to the library. The library is like across a public sidewalk type thing. Uh, there's like maybe a couple of yards of distance, then a sidewalk, and then it steps up into the library. In terms of proximity, you could be there in, I guess in D&D terms, like a move and a half. So it's not that far away. It's actually really close. But you can see from your vantage point, 60 feet out, there's a park bench down some ways. It sort of just like disappears into darkness. And then there's like trees all around. There's flat grasses. And down the other direction from the bench, there is a turn and there's like a fountain. Probably one or two baths have been taken in that fountain. And then there's like some more buildings. But the library itself is in front of this park on sort of a quarter of the pie that is this park. Okay. And, and it's obviously closed right now. No, actually, there's lights on inside. It's a 24-hour library? I didn't know they had these. It's, actually, only, like, it's only like 9 o'clock. Oh, okay. There actually, some universities do actually have 24-hour libraries. Amazing. I know, aren't they great? My university library wasn't open 
on weekends up till last semester. Hiss, boo. Disapprove. That sucks. Boo. It used to close at 5 p.m. every day and then open again at 9 a.m. and would not be open on the weekends. That is not enough time to study. No, it's not. I don't like that. I like when they're open 24 hours. Right? Like you could be at 3 in the morning and be like, I want to research something right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I feel you, though. <laughs> so that's the lay of the land here. It's only like 9 o'clock and the lights are still on. Now, Bambi, you are up the tree. Yes, sir. You've reached the first branch. Yes, sir. And then there's a quick hop to the second branch up, and then a scramble over to the third branch. You're gradually climbing higher, four, five, six, seven branches up. And by the time you're 20 feet in the air, you finally reach that little sweet spot where the tree trunk is thick enough that you don't feel too much swaying, but above you, you can sort of see the sky a couple of stars poking through here and there and you find between a sideways branch that curves up and the continuing trunk your hammock at a slight downward angle and in a sort of shallow depression in that tree where this thick branch comes out that hangs the opposite end of your hammock and there's this bag that has kind of like nestled in there and this bag it has significantly more leaf litter on it than you remember the last time being here. It looks like maybe it's been chewed on a bit by various arboreal creatures. And your hammock is still up, but you you probably want to retry, retie some knots before you'd, before you'd sleep in it again. And a nest of spiders has taken up residence in that little depression in your hammock where water collects at the bottom, stuff has started to grow into it, and various animal leavings... Well, I was going to take that, but y'all can have it. It's fine. I mean, it has been a while since you've been here, and nature does as nature will. This is true. So what'd you put in the sack? Um, so the sack, it's made of seal hide, so it's thick. If you look into it, there's about two changes of clothes, which might have been washed in the fountain. Y'all don't know that. I think we all know that. There's... <laughs> There's a few books, former journal, journals that are still full, supplies and such, and samples of things, a pen, probably some little tchotchkes, shells and beads that you found every once in a while. But it's not that big. It's like maybe a messenger bag that she's siphoned down her whole life into. Ah. Like it doesn't have that much stuff in it. But it's got her whole life in it, and it's not much. You look into it, and it just kind of looks like the gatherings of a child. You've got, like, a single beat-up die, some coins, a shell, a book. But it's all she has. And so it's really important to her that she immediately puts it, shakes it out, and puts it around her, her, her shoulders. You taste that usual hint of raspberry ice cream seeing the bag and that flavor gets a little bit stronger as you rifle through your belongings and you have that toxic nostalgic impulse and you feel just a gentle squeeze around your shoulders sort of comforting she feels like tears prickle her eyes and instinctively one arm wraps around her shoulders almost like to return it but she only lets it happen for a moment before she physically shakes her head Greg, a light has gone off in the library. 
uh, some lantern has been snuffed. Hmm. And now you see that there is a moving light source going from the top floor to the back and it disappears for a while. And then the light kind of reappears in the lower windows. What do you do? So there's movement within inside the library. Yes. And the lights are off on every other floor. Yes. And it's just that floor. Oh, it's only like a two story building. It's, it's not, it's not a huge building. I mean, it's medieval ish times. Books are very expensive. Oh, true. They have a library. Yes. That's pretty progressive. Well, this is a fairly well-to-do city after all. I feel like the library is definitely a good place to go and scavenge at this time of night because who the hell is in a library? However, I feel like he would wait for Bambi Mm -hmm. to figure out what his next move, because I think his thought process is that he just wants to get this over with or try to find a way to escape. Mm -hmm. Do you need a reminder of your surroundings? Do you remember? My surroundings. So it's either I go into the library or we leave to go somewhere else. There is a bench in the... Let's say west. Let's say the bench is west and the fountain is east. And the library is north. Hmm. And the rest of the park, which has sparse trees and open field, is to the south. All right. So, um... Don't don't hold me to those directions. They could change at any time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So, to the northwest is this (laughs) library. Yes. To the south is the library now. To the east. Um, <laughs> to the left, to the left. Red can just uh, move the, the board around. <laughs> we could just 90 degree angle turn the board and suddenly everything is like all topsy-turvy and wibbly-wobbly. I, I think Greg is definitely, Greg is definitely, I'm intrigued by, by the movement in the library. And since no one is in a library at this time of night, mm, this could be easy, but I could dash, but then I'd leave her. And I don't want to leave her because she's like a cinnamon roll. Someone's... So the light source in the first floor windows are coming closer and closer to the front door. So is there any like bushes or anything that I can try to hide in? Because I don't really want this person to come out. There are bushes. They are. Let's let's see if you're lucky. They're just out of range of your movement speed for bushes. Just within your movement range is the bench. Just within your movement range is the fountain. But the nearest area of concealment within the park is outside of your movement range in one round. Mm. All right. So I guess Greg is out in the open for this one. He is going to move towards the fountain to try to like look casual because that's definitely going to work. Roll me an acting casual role. I guess this would be a deception check because you're not casual. Well, you know what? But I can disguise myself so I can cast disguise. Oh, sure you can. Sure you can. Yeah. I mean, that would just be a disguise, though. You'd still have to roll me a check that tells me whether or not you are convincing. That, That would be a performance check. Okay. Performance check to act casual or deception, whichever is higher. Okay, so I need a performance check to act casual, and I also am going to cast Disguise Self, and I'm going to look like a bulky tourist. Fair enough. So, like, mm, like a chubbier, (laughs) 
I'm imagining Hawaiian shirt, Hawaii, uh, yes. straw hat. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely straw hat. Like, definitely wears socks and flip-flops. Someone from the snout who goes to the Jersey Shore. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling you all out from that snout. Stop wearing those. Don't wear so- socks and flip-flops. Anyway, yeah. So Our listeners will never know that the snout is actually redacted. <laughs> Can we like just like cut out <laughs> any discussion of where the snout actually is? Um, <laughs> the real life analog of the snout of the snout. I can try. Let me make it. All right. So I need to roll performance. Yes. Is that right? You gotta be kidding me! I rolled a three plus four. Wait, my performance is a plus six. Oh, yeah. You're totally nailing this acting casual. Anybody else watching from the outside, you're just putting your your hand on your chin and you're just like staring intently at this fountain. Like it's the most interesting fountain you've ever seen before in your life. You're standing stock still with arms crossed and finger on head. So like, hmm. Hmm. I am casual. Look at me being casual. Oh, God. Bambi. Yes, sir. You hear the door to the library open. If you part some of the leaves, you can see a a relatively familiar shape walking down the steps, coming toward the tree. What do you do? It's coming toward the tree? It's coming toward the tree. Um, she's gonna stay up there, but she's going to be watching. Bambi, you can see this figure exiting the library. You see Greg dash off toward the fountain, and they disappear beyond your line of non-blurry vision. And this figure, this humanoid shape, is leaving the library, and that sound of that tapping of shoe on sidewalk gives way to that mild crunch, crunch, crunch of shoe on grass. You watch this figure move toward your tree, and you're parting some of the leaves to take a look at what's going on, get a better view. And it stops by the base of the tree and puts one hand on the trunk, then takes the hand down, eases into position with a slight grunt, places the lantern on a relatively flat part of a tree root, and pulls open a satchel and takes out a book, a really thick, large book. This humanoid figure places it in their lap and opens the book to a page and you hear Jametta's voice. Advanced History of Divination, Part 4, Chapter 7. Resurgence of Pre-Modern Haruspicy. In the region of ancient Salahan tribal peoples, a Haruspex, plural Haruspices, also called an Araspex, was a person trained to practice a form of divination called Haruspicy, the inspection of entrails. As she's reading from the next book in the series, she skipped a few chapters, but she's sitting under your tree, and she's reading the next book. And as you're listening, you feel that same comforting, gentle squeeze around your shoulders. But that can't cover the taste of raspberry ice cream. Relatively high She's crying. The mobility of migrant charismatic just is the natural A full out ugly sob. She's got her fist in her mouth, trying to keep quiet, and she just collapses on a branch. This is really the first time that she's actually 
Other than some exceptions, I don't know, come to terms with the fact that she's technically dead. Besides mourning Thumper, but she didn't take time to think about the rest of her life. It wasn't much, but it was something. And she left behind Jametta and the possibility of whatever was going to happen with Jametta's brother and coffee waking up with a warm blanket being able to hold a book for longer periods of time and she's just sobbing i don't want to ruin the moment with a role so i'm just going to let that happen now it's really a question of how long do you keep listening she wants to stay forever but after about 10 minutes, she knows that Greg is waiting and she tries to climb down the tree as quiet as she possibly can. In a book like this, 10 minutes is not long enough to read a chapter aloud. Yeah. If that's the case, if you're going to actually try and climb down, I have to make a roll. So I am going to need you to make a stealth roll. Yeah, this is going to end really badly. Telling things about the patient's illness. Fifteen. Wooden pegs were placed in the holes of the clay tablet to record the features found in the study. You're doing the usual clamber down, but because Jametta's in a position that would normally be where you started your climb, your scurry, you have to take another route that's not as well trodden to you. There's definitely some rustling, and eventually you hear Jametta stop reading. Using the liver and spleen of various. Hello? Can I cast Pass Without a Trace? Uh, it's a little late for that. Oh, that's true. Hello? Is someone there? You're on the other side of the tree from Jametta, I'll give you that. But you can hear that she stopped reading, and you can hear her standing up. The lantern has moved, and the source of the light is shaking now. There's definitely some element of danger here. What are you going to do? She's just going to stand as stock still as she possibly can, almost hugging the tree, like body pressed into it, trying not to be seen from panicked glances. Jametta is not a brave person, so you hear the quick, sharp snap of a book shutting, a rustle of a bag, then a movement of buckles, then the lantern light slowly shifts away. In the time that she stood up, she just entered within 10 feet of you, and you could see her so clearly. And you could just feel her face, the way that her mouth was shaped, the way that her eyes widened, wondering if there was somebody there. You could feel every part of it. Then you just feel her exit that 10-foot area around you where you have this perfect clarity. You hear this quick movement of feet over grass and she's gone she's out of your field and she's on the other side of the tree from you how far away is greg and in what direction greg is about 30 something feet away toward the fountain which we determined was the east opposite way from where she's walking <laughs> well what side of town does Jametta live on? Let's, we never really discussed that or determined that. How about this? I'm going to roll a d4. North is 1. East is 2. South is 3. 
and west is four. North. So she lives towards the library. She lives north of the library. So what she's going to do is she's she's going up to the front door of the library, making a sharp left and then a sharp right on some sidewalks, uh, moving around the side of the library, and she's gone. After seeing Jametta leave, she's going to go, she's going to find her way back to Greg, doing the best she can to just, like, scrub her face of the tears mm -hmm. with, like, probably a, a decomposing sleeve. Oh, yeah. The, the sleeve sort of disintegrates as you're rubbing it. There's that sort of tearing thin fabric sound that happens as you rub it across your cheek and it falls over, revealing more of your forearm and that pulsing, thick mycelium veining. God damn it. Greggy, are, are you over here? Yeah, I'm here. I'm just trying to lay low. How you doing? Uh, not great, but, um, I got my stuff so we can, we can hit wherever you're, you're ready to hit. So, uh, you sure you're right. You look a little, you look a little upset. She was a friend of mine, and she was good to me. Yeah. That stinks. This all stinks. Really does. Do you want to try to get out of here? God, yeah. Wherever you want to go, I'm following you. I have no, absolutely no idea if we can even escape. But we gotta try. This is, this, this is not okay. We need to try to get out of here. We gotta do it in a way that we can't, we're not gonna be detected. We might not be able to accomplish it tonight, but we can do, I guess we can walk around a bit and do some reconnaissance. We gotta figure something out. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta be smart about this. But we can't let the others know. Yeah. Because I don't trust those two. I don't know about you. It might not happen tonight, but we can, we can start planning. We need to get out of here. I guess in the meantime, we should try to eat. I, I don't know how that's going to work for me. Um, I don't know how, if you know it's going to work for you, but I... I'll make you a deal. I don't want to kill him. But I'll kill him. You can have the scraps. I don't really need to have them all. Thanks. That that might be easier for me. We just gotta find someone who won't be missed. And I think that probably means somewhere in a ditch. So we should probably find the back alley of a bar. Or, I don't know. Probably. That sounds about right. Somewhere where degenerates hang out. <laughs> Which reminds me, maybe I should look up some of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> that makes her laugh. That gets her laughing. So, Greg, you know just the place. It's changed management, but it's still kind of a dive. Yeah, I gotta go to that dive bar. Can't remember the name of it. Oh, it changed anyway. Oh, the green kettle. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. They changed the name. Let's go down to the green kettle. That's where all the losers hang out. I don't think I've ever been there. It doesn't surprise me. <laughs> You're definitely too good to walk into that dump. <laughs> <laughs>
This episode of Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies is brought to you by the following sponsors. Dungeons, Divas, and Delinquents is a D&D 5th edition podcast that follows our adventurers through Adonia as they work together. I would like to whack the bejesus out of click upside the back of his head. Or don't, to uncover its arcane secrets. Join us every other Monday wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to the show. Sanjana, let's go ahead and just fast forward through getting into the city. Oh, but before I do that, are you still in hag form or... Uh, no, I have Sanjana back into uh, my my pretty form. Ah, sexy Afro puffs tiefling form. Exactly. <laughs> okay, if that's the case, the gate that you're entering into the city is it, it's not wartime or anything. So the guards are basically not really asking people for papers, or it's not a difficult thing to get inside the city. Once inside, you guys are walking it like down main roads because for the most part, you guys can sort of pass at a distance for, you know, normal humanoids. <laughs> uh, you know what, folks? I got to do a little something and uh, we'll meet up later. Don't ask no questions. Okay. Don't all talk at me at once. Uncharacteristically, it seems that Banked does not care, and Greg and Bambi aren't really paying attention to you. So uh, off you go, I suppose. Let's take a moment and actually refresh what your mission is here. While the others do have to consume a humanoid in order to maintain their physical form or their intelligence or not uh, starve to undeath, you do not have to do that. You, on the other hand, have a little bit of a problem where you are bound in servitude to, well, the devil, I suppose, or at least a devil. And this is your mission. So remember that black envelope that you took? Uh-huh. Did you ever open it? I opened it on the way to through the forest. I was ah. bored. <laughs> I was bored. Let, let me just run you down through what you're going to be reading in there. You're given the details of a person to find, and at the lower part of the note, there is a description of a ritual that you're going to have to perform. The person that you're searching for is Seymour Bavur Dewey. He is a dwarven male. It is given here that he's the human equivalent of his late 70s, which I guess for a dwarf is something like in his mid-200s. There's no etching, but there is a physical description here where he is white to gray-haired, bald on top with long hair on the sides. Sort of a D&D cartoon dungeon master look. <laughs> if that look has a name, I'm not strong enough in Google Foo to find it out. <laughs> but because Dwarf, he does have a short-cropped gray beard. It also gives a little bit more detailed information that he is a founding partner of the law offices of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe Quartz. Okay. Now, I would like for you to roll me an intelligence memory check. Ooh, okay. 
So basically, it's a straight intelligence roll for what you remember because you're a local. Ooh, I rolled nineteen. Ooh. So with a 19, I will give you some hard information. You know where the law offices are. You know what part of town it is. And you know a little bit about what that law firm is known for. Uh, They're known for representing businesses more than they are for representing individuals as clients. And they are very good at helping the rich stay very rich. And their fees are commensurate to their value to those businesses. So it is a well-to-do law firm. These people have had some amount of success in doing business as lawyers. Now, that's not to say that, oh, the businesses that they represent are bad or evil or, oh, they're the bad guys. They help the rich stay rich. No, they're, they're a law firm. They just They do a job. I'm not saying that lawyers are evil. In fact, I have great respect for the law in case any of them <laughs> ever come knocking on my door. Um <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> but they're more of a commercial law firm than a, a defense law firm. Okay. You wouldn't know anything specifically about Seymour Dewey, but you know about his firm and you know where it is located. How you know that information, you have your sources, I assume. Oh, yeah. I know a person who knows a person who knows a person. For sure. Absolutely. Because you know where that law firm is, and you really don't know anything else about uh, Seymour Dewey himself, I'm going to ask you, what do you want to do now? Well, sometimes lawyers work late, so uh, I got some time to kill. (laughs) So why don't I just head over there and see what I can see? I see what you did there. Is there any, any stops you want to make along the way? Any old stomping grounds you want to visit? Or you want to just go straight there? Not just get to business. All righty. So heading from that gate entrance, you head into the inner city, to the business district. And within that business district, it's fairly easy to find this law firm because you know where it is. You're from around here. Now that you're here, I want you to roll a perception check. Ooh. I rolled a six. Well, it's enough to notice that there are a lot of people on the street, but that's about (laughs) all I'm going to give you. (laughs) There are people. Some people on this street are putting their hats on and heading home. Other people seem to be milling about on the street. Some people are moving through this part of town to get to a different part of town. You can't really tell motives too easily, but at the moment, that's all you can tell is that this is pretty crowded right now. Okay. So am I getting the feeling that I could perhaps approach this business and not look suspicious? Well, that would be a performance check. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, baby. I rolled a 21. Fantastic. Looking completely nonplussed, you have a perfect poker face going on. As the bard says, you can't read, can't read my, can't read my poker face. (laughs) I believe that was Shakespeare, right? That was Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally Shakespeare. Willie said that. Yeah, good old Bill. (laughs) As you approach the building, it's a two-story structure. It's not small. It's not fancy and marbled and made of stone or anything. It's a a fairly standard-looking wooden structure. And there's a shingle hanging outside that says, Law Firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe Quartz. Attorneys at law. There's a couple of people sitting on the stoop. Hmm. All right. Sanjana looks down at them, gives a nod, and continues toward the door. 
No small talk. One of the people who is sitting on the stoop stands up and says, uh, they're closed for the night, miss. Oh, I have business here after hours. The guy who had just stood up kind of looks around and he moves a little bit closer and tries to put a hand on your shoulder. Do you let him? No. Okay. What do you do then? I hold up a finger and say, personal space. Do you have something to say? I'm going to need you to come with me. And you can see he's moved aside his cloak and he is carrying a fairly mean looking curved sword. For what purposes? You don't want this to get loud or messy. How about you just let me conduct my business and I'll let you do what it is you seem to do. The boss doesn't want to be disturbed this evening. I'm afraid I'm going to have to make sure that you don't get in that door. And he's going to make a grapple check. That is an attack roll, so... Freaking goons! I mean, that is exactly what they are. Does a 16 hit? Oi, it does. So he has successfully grappled you. Your movement speed is reduced to zero. He's basically grabbed your hand, and he's preventing you from going anywhere. At this point, you either need to try and break grapple, or you can attack him as normal. Oh, so, um, hmm. so it's the same to get out of the grapple as to attack him? Uh, yeah, basically. Okay, I will. Well, actually, I have a question. What is the other goon doing? The other goon is trying to make himself big to sort of shield you from view in the streets. Sweet. Okay. All right, I have my two daggers. Two of them? Two daggers. I'm going to say very politely, I believe you have misplaced your hand. Okay. Talking's a free action. (laughs) I think you want to rethink what you're thinking of doing, you know? I think that's more of an intimidation check. You want me to roll for intimidation? Please do. Oh boy. Intimidation is not that great, but let's see. Oh. I rolled a 13. All right. He lets go and says, no trouble here. Just can't let you inside. You have succeeded in intimidating him. He looks spooked. And when will the boss be seeing people then? Uh, You can come back during normal business hours. I'm not available. Make an appointment now. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. We don't make appointments. We just make sure that nobody gets in tonight. This is not going to go well. I suggest you let me up. I'll be down in five minutes. Uh, He looks to his partner and just gives him like these eyes of just like, you want to help me out here, buddy? And the the other partner kind of like shrugs and he's like, nope, no me, nobody, nobody's supposed to go in. Well, that's lucky because I am nobody. This is going to be a harder check. (laughs) If you really want them to let you in without making a ruckus or a scene, this is going to be a much more difficult check. This is going to be either persuasion or a much better intimidation check. (laughs) Ooh. All right, let's try persuasion. Is there anything you want to do to grease this roll? I don't think you have any money on you. Never mind. Yeah, no, I don't think she has any. She has her smile. I'm trying to look to see if I have anything else that would help. Uh, Yeah, no, I can offer them like string. (laughs) 
would you like some string money? Would you? Would you? I don't think that's going to work out for them. Uh, no, it's just great persuasion. I'm trying the nice way because Sanjana has turned over a new leaf and stuff. I rolled a 16. Well, I rolled a natural one, so it's going to work. <laughs> yes. What do you say that persuades them so? I think it would look better for you if you let your boss conduct the business that he needs to conduct without causing a scene on the street. We have appearances to keep up, do we not? Appearances. Yeah, yeah. Um, listen, if, if we're going to let you in, we, we got to come with you. No. Uh, I, well, I did natural one. So he's going to back off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, and so he's going to open the door for you and gesture you inside. Thank you, sir, for your understanding. Bent. Yes. It is not long after you enter the town, that Sanjana peels off from you and Greg and Bambi peel off in a different direction. And if you strain really hard, you could probably hear Greg talking smack about you. Typical. It's not openly obvious. But anyway, they're on their way in a different direction from you. Meanwhile, you have some interesting bits sloshing around inside of you. And just to be clear, none of your original equipment still exists. All of that stuff has dissolved. You are a skeleton and goo. The only possessions that you have are the ones that you just recently absorbed. Interesting sensation, by the way. You can feel every individual item and how easy or difficult it is to digest. The flesh? Probably going to be gone fairly soon. The bones? Going to take a little bit longer. The clothing? Probably a bit longer, too. Although it's natural fibers, wool or something, probably a bit longer than if it's cotton. Or like, or like if it's hide or so. Mostly hair, nails, feathers, treated fabrics. Those are difficult for you to absorb. Bones are slightly harder, too. But dead flesh is easy. Metal? Near impossible. You basically have to... Eject it. That's a good word for it. Yeah. I will eject as much metal as there is in my body. Well, where are you ejecting it? Right now, you have all of this stuff inside of you. To eject the clothing and the equipment that was secreted about this person's person, it would involve much more digesting than you've actually done. Sure. Typically speaking, sort of like when an owl eats, it can't really digest the bones and the hair. Mm -hmm. So it creates this pellet and just kind of blahs it out. I'm sure somebody with misophonia hates me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I will reach inside my insides. I'm sure I can do that. And I'm going to try to unbutton as much fabric and whatever as I can and try to take it out of my, my clay face body and throw it on the ground. Okay, but I have an honest question for you. Sure. You don't have any money. Yeah. The person that you ate didn't have any money. And you want to go and spend time in a bar? Oh, I'm sorry. We never actually established that. Off microphone, Bank told me he wanted to go to a bar. What kind of bar were you looking to go to? I was looking to go to some sort of um, wine lounge. Ah, and pick up some red wine? Yes, pick up some red wine. Maybe some sort of hookah lounge or something of the sort. I'm sure something like that exists in this town. This is D&D. <laughs> you also said before that it, it was um, like an almost city. It, no, no, it's not an almost city. It is a city. 
It is. It's a small city. You said. Yeah, it's no. It's no metropolis. You know, but sure, it's, sure. it's it's not New York. If you're from New York, everything except New York is a town. It's a nice town. You know, like Chicago. No, I'm I'm joking. It's. Nice. That's so mean. You're gonna offend so many people. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm aware. I'm I'm not a New Yorker. I promise. I don't actually believe these things. And now I've offended the New Yorkers. You know what? I'm just gonna quit while I'm ahead. I yeah. So I'm gonna be looking for some sort of lounge, some sort of cool place, very beatnik-y. You enter town around like eight thirty or nine. Um, actually, pause before we start this. I said before Uh-oh. that I uh, I turned myself into a Goliath to try to match the stuff that is gestating inside my body yeah has any of it stopped gestating any progress so if we look at it from a digestion perspective it's been a couple of hours since you ate this person because you have very strong digestive fluids and i have a very strong constitution on top of that yes yes because you have very strong digestive fluids the skin has become macerated and partially digested if you've ever uh if you've ever All right, this is going to gross out some people. Editor's note, you might want to skip ahead about 15 seconds if you're squeamish. Like when you vomit, how like some of the stuff is shredded Mm. by that point. And if you've ever looked at it and there's like, if you've ever had chicken and like the skin comes up, the skin has like maybe some holes in it and stuff. And, but it's still like relatively kind of intact. Okay. This is more along the lines what we're looking at. Okay. There's, there's a body in there that would be recognizably a corpse. Can I change my form? Yeah. As in, like, can I make clothes and whatnot? Sure. I mean, the same way that you make your blue and whatever clothing armor and colorize it. Sure. It's still part of your body. It's basically just blue morpho butterfly wings. Yes. This is off kilter from what I am actually doing. But can I still create my long sword and shield? Yes, absolutely. While I'm gestating? Okay, cool. Yes. Like a snake, this digestion is going to be part of your process for like half a week. Okay. And then you can go for a, quite a while longer before you start to lose control. And your goo becomes unruly and disobedient. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I probably won't let that happen. Uh, I say that now, but that's my plan. I mean, you have to do a murder every time you want your goo to stop being unruly, so... Yes, but we do a lot of murder here at D&D. <laughs> this so, is true. D&D is very murdery. I'm very not murder hobo, but... But in this instance, I am asking you to kill townspeople. Yes. <laughs> I'm once again asking you... <laughs> I, as your DM, am asking you to commit murder in my city. <laughs> uh, that's really funny. Uh, okay, uh, yes, so I go looking for the lounge Yes. So you've never really been to this town. You received a letter in the mail months ago. And I went to a restaurant. Yeah, and you went to a restaurant. Like, you know where the touristy part of town is. And since it's still 8.45, 9 o'clock at night by this point, you could probably get to that nice restaurant you were at before, before it closes. And because you are altered selfed, it's not like anybody would recognize you. I should have let you come to that conclusion on your own. Yes, and I have. It's... I still do decide to peruse the town looking for a calm nightlife. You know what I mean? Not like a not like a ruckus nightlife, mm-hmm. but like a like a beatnik uh nightlife. A beatnik nightlife. Oh my god. Oh my god. Did you just say that? Hold on. I have the perfect place. I actually have two perfect places depending on what you're into. 
So you're going to need to find a townsperson to give you directions, though, because you haven't been to either of those places. Okay. Is there a... Oh, that's not what I want. I was going to say guild hall, but I'm not a... Uh, is there a city newsboy or people kind of posted at kiosks or any people at stands we just walk up to and just ask general advice you could probably go to the market okay is the market still open at this time yeah i mean not everything a lot of places close down at close at sundown but there's probably still some night shopping it's still relatively early in the evening people getting off of work in offices and factories and stuff that want to go and do some quick shopping before dinner okay if you're going to go to the bazaar first, there are very few places where your broke butt can get directions. But there's a couple of places. There's a meat pie shop. It looks like there's a woman inside who's wiping down tables and putting chairs up on the table. So it looks like she's just about to close down. Sure. There's a guy packing up a stall of various sundries. There's a guy who looks like... He is putting things away in a lockbox, locking away his earnings for the day, and putting jewelry into a case and locking that as well, putting that on this little wheelie cart type thing. The safest place to keep your jewelry. (laughs) Yeah, it's really more of like, well, you have this giant plastic shelving thingy full of jewelry. Sure. And it gets kind of heavy because, you know, it's not made of plastic, it's made of wood or made of metal or whatever. And it's a lockbox. He's a jewelry stand guy, and he's probably taking it home for the night. Okay. There is one interesting place. It sort of appeals to you in the distance, and it has this sign above the door that reads, The Adventurer's Friend. And the lights are still fully on, and you can see everything's bright inside. It doesn't look like they're in the process of shutting down at all. Can I go closer and try to discern what type of place it is? There's a smaller sign hanging beneath The Adventurer's Friend, Pawn Shop. All right. I decide to head inside. So there is a thin, bony-looking man on the inside. He's sitting on a chair behind a counter with bars over it. Sure. And there's various knickknacks and sundries and cases in the front. But the good stuff is behind bars with him behind those bars. Sure. Uh, Is there anyone else in the establishment other than the person who owns it? Looks fairly dead. Okay. I would like to walk over to the man behind the counter. Hi-ho there. I'm uh, new to town. Adventuring myself, I was wondering where somebody this late at night could um, make a couple coin for um, perhaps uh, a place to stay. Well, if you want a place to stay, uh, I'm sure there's places around the pubs, taverns and whatnot, to have rooms above her. Right. But uh, you're looking to make some coin. Uh, and some mighty fine clothes you got there. Uh, Interested in selling some? No, I, I'm afraid these these have a, a curse on them. I've I've done a lot of adventuring in my past, and uh, I've won some stuff and I've lost some stuff. Everything was taken from me except things that couldn't be taken from me, including this. Oh, um, sorry about yeah. that. Well, heard that story a thousand times. After all, I am the adventurer's friend. Yeah. You can call me friendly. Uh, hi, friendly. Um, my name is Rothgar. It's a pleasure to meet you. Rothgar. Got it. Yeah. Is that with an H or just an R? Uh, a Goliath, we really don't care, honestly. Not a lot. So it's not Hrothgar? No. It's just Rothgar? Yeah, Rothgar. All right, Rothgar. Got it. Yeah. All right. By the way, I'm going to need you to keep track of all your aliases. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. That stuff might come up in the future. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm probably going to try to do a Goliath pretty often if I'm going to have such a big pot belly. So uh, I'm fine with that. 
Well, Rothgar, as you can probably see, if you're an adventurer, mm -hmm. uh, there's probably some trinkets or something that ain't cursed that you sure. might be willing to sell. Sure. You have such a friendly face nice that uh, I'm sure I can share this with you. My ex-party members stole basically everything that we earned treasure-wise from me, except, again, the cursed stuff that's on my body. Uh, I might have come across some stuff. Um, would you give me a moment? I'm here all night. Place is open 24 hours. All right. After all, adventurers come and go at any time of night. <laughs> I laugh politely. And I'm the adventurer's friend, sir. I'm the adventurer's friend, Rothgar. Can I call you Rothgar? Rothgar it is. You'll come on back now. I'll see you in a bit. It might be sooner than you think, friendly. I wag my finger at him. Uh, he wags back. Yep, yep, <laughs> that's right. Uh, I, I exit the shop. I go into an alley somewhere. I make sure nobody sees me, and I try to barf up as much valuable stuff that I can muster. So if you want to barf up the valuable stuff... I'm not going to barf it up. I'm going to <laughs> remove it from my chest, my gut. All right. By hand. You're trying to keep it all within your body? And yeah, I'm trying to... I'm going to first try to unsheath the short sword from inside my body. Oh, that comes out easy. Okay, pull it out, put it on the ground. I'm going to do the arrows next. Take out as many arrows as I can. Are there any more weapons inside my body? Uh, there's a longbow. Oh, that's pretty big. I'm going to try to remove that as well. Yeah, there's a longbow. There is leather armor. My notes. Hold on. There is a short sword, leather armor a longbow, and 20 arrows. As well as this guy's clothing, but by now, a lot of those natural fibers have sort of become, like, wet, and, yeah. All the juices have sort of seeped in, and there might be a smell to it. Sure. Yeah, so I'm going to leave the clothes inside. Uh, I'm going to leave anything that is somewhat organic inside, except some wood stuff, like the longbow, the shafts for the arrows and stuff. Oh, by the way, the, the string for the longbow is already gone. Okay. I'm going to take all of it out. Can I look around? Is there any sort of sewer system? What do you think this is? The 1800s? <laughs> no, there's no sewer system. People throw their poop in the streets. There's sometimes sewer systems in D&D cities. I didn't know. Nope, not in Bones Landing. Okay. There ain't no sewers here. Well, you, you go poop in a hole. Okay, I'm going to gather up the items. I'm going to wait 20 minutes. Okay. And then I'm going to refix myself back into what Rothgar looked like before he threw up some stuff. And I'm going to go back inside friendlies. I still imagine gear third. <laughs> yeah, yeah, biting your thumb, blowing into it. And then your arm just gets big and it goes... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, I would like to go back into... Wait, friendly was named the guy. What's the, the, the adventurer's friend? Yeah. The adventurer's friend. I would like to go back inside the adventurer's friend. All right. Stuff in my hands. Well now, Rothgar... Uh, yeah. So you managed to find something. Yeah, well, so, on my way back from the severe betrayal of my friends, I ended up finding an Oblex in the, in the swamp. I had some stuff that was inside its, its, I don't know, oozy body. It was kind of disgusting. I wanted to know if maybe I could sell it here. I really have no use for any of these items. I'm not in the business of asking questions of adventurers. He wraps his fist against the counter, he's just like... Put it up here. I'll take a look at it. I say, you know, some of these monsters are absolutely disgusting. And I put put it on the counter. Are absolutely disgusting. I mean, ooze monsters. Goodness gracious. He grabs a hold of it. So you, you, you might not want to touch that part. I don't know. This is horrendous. Yeah. I didn't know if you would actually use it. That's why I didn't bring it in in the first place. Because it is somewhat gross. 
so this is a pawn shop. I take a lot of things. I can pawn these for you. You can give me this. I'll give you a percentage up front, and then you keep the ticket. And if you want them back, you just come on back to me. After 30 days, if you don't come back, they're mine. All right, so um, let me just do a quick calculation. Sure. You're not going to want these arrows back. I'll give you a copper, all 20, no ticket. Um, yeah, it's arrows. I'll take it. He slaps a copper down. He grabs the pile of arrows, and he just puts them into a waiting wrap of cloth. Deal with those later. He takes a look at the longbow. This is nice. Yeah. I just see you need some uh, flax on it, really. Someone to fletch it. Yeah. That's actually good craftsmanship. I'll tell you what. I'll give you 12 gold for it. Um, mm, you know what? For you, friendly, I believe your judgment. I'll take it. For those of you paying attention at home, that's a quarter of the value of a longbow. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah that sucks. Okay. But this is a pawn shop. So he's looking at the leather armor. This is real sticky here. Tell you what, this armor and this short sword right here, I'm thinking along the lines of uh, five gold for the pair. Well, I personally don't really care as much about the leather armor as much as I care about the short sword. I mean, the short sword was the one thing that defended that adventure for so long against the ooze before it got him. Really? You don't, you don't think it could be worth anything more? Don't get all sentimental on me, son. No. It's not sentimental. I'm just curious about the value of some items sometimes. I'll tell you what. Mm. If you want to try your luck tomorrow morning, you come, you pay me back, you give me that two gold, five silver for this short sword back. You can try your luck down the street at the weaponsmith when he's open in the morning. But for me, I'm not going to do you any better than five for the two. Okay, uh, I'll take it then. Just make sure you keep the ticket. Sure, sure. Instead of that, I will pawn these two things off for you for a total of five gold. So he writes you separate tickets for the leather armor and the short sword and the longbow. The arrow, you know, doesn't even bother writing a ticket. He just he gave you the copper already. And he writes down the individual values. So you now have three pieces of lovely biodegradable parchment paper. <laughs> that I'm probably going to dissolve, yeah. He just slides them to you along with the money. Now you keep those tickets if you won't come back and buy these things back from me. You got 30 days. That's three 10 days. Yep, I understand. I'm not as dumb as my other uh, Goliath brothers. I, I completely understand. I didn't say you were, Rothgar. I would never imagine <laughs> telling an adventurer that they was dumb. That's just bad business. It's fine. You understand, I, Rothgar. I, I was joking, friendly. Rothgar, I like you. I like you. And just for that, I think, perhaps, mm. that we can extend the length of the time on those tickets. <laughs> I think we can do 60 days instead of 30. I will see you again. That would be lovely, friendly. Thank you. All right. He takes a quick note, scratches out some numbers on the thing. It's like, now you got 60 days. Thank you. When you made your money, you come on back to old friendly. I'll give you the friends discount on some good stuff that we have. We got some nice things over here. You look back there. Most of it still looks like cheap junk, but every once in a while, there's something that's actually shiny and something catches the glint of your eyes. Something that's like actually glowing. So, okay. He maybe has good stuff. After all, he is the adventurer's friend. You enjoy yourself. You have yourself a great night on the town. You know what? You too. You know, I, I, I really am new to this town. I was looking for either some sort of inn or some place to relax. Uh, I know that nightlife sometimes in different towns is a bit, you know, raucous. I was looking for something a little bit more, I guess, relaxing. Something more chill. Anything in mind? I mean, there's bars and stuff. Um, can you be more specific? Any, like, lounges, any sort of wine cellars, or 
anything oh, to extent? Um, you want a, a, a wine place. If you go to the business district, mm. you know where the bank is? Yes, I think I do. All right. So if you go to the bank, you're facing the bank. You're going to take a hard left. Sure. And you're going to continue down until the street turns. Now, there's a tree at the end of the street. If you hit that tree, you've gone too far. Just before the turn, there's this little place, little hole in the wall. It's called the Good Year. Good Year, of course. The Good Year. Hmm. Sounds tiresome. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, no offense taken. All right. Now, the Good Year, it's frequented by clientele of more humanish persuasion than yourself. Yeah. Just trying to let you know as, as a friend that uh, it's really sort of a, their clientele, they don't get many people other than humans there. Sure, sure. It's, it's a more closed off community, so to speak. Just a bit. Hmm, I understand. Okay. Does that sound like something you'd be interested in? Or? I, I, I think so. I mean, do you have anything else on the, the, at the top of your mind? I mean, there's a dive called the Green Kettle. There's, um, mm. there's this place that just got some new management. I can't remember what it's called. New agey place. This, um, it's real hipster place. Some ironic name. Uh, the adjective noun. <laughs> sure. I think I will go to the, uh, the good gear. So just follow them directions I gave you, and you should be there pretty quick. Thank you. Okay. Well, I'll yeah. see you later, friendly. I will see you again. Yes. And when you have more stuff for me, yeah. you come on by. And when you've made your fortune, I might have some stuff for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sure. All right. I do finger guns, and I snap at him, and I walk away. Finger guns. I guess that must be a quillity thing, huh? Yeah. Well, also, normally, whenever I do finger guns, Eldritch Blasts come out of them, so. Oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't vaporize, friendly. <laughs> so I am going to go around a corner, making my way past the bank, and I am going to turn myself from a Goliath to a just a generally big and tall, broad-shouldered human. All right. For the purposes of your aliases, who is this? Oh, God. Is this Bigged? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was really funny. Uh, um, I really appreciate that. This is, uh, let me think of the name. This is, uh, this is a new alias I made up, Osvaldo the Human. Is it Oswaldo or Osvaldo? Yes. I like how I gave you two options and you said yes. <laughs> the W was like a V. Ah, so Osvaldo. Osvaldo, yes. I, I'm going to make myself broad-shouldered, short brown hair make myself both look uh, high culture and brute-ish. I am going to ask you to write all of that stuff down on your character sheet as an alias. I am. I've already done it, actually. Along with Rothgar. Uh, along with Rothgar the Goliath. Thank you for listening to Rock's Fall, Everyone Dies. It would really help us if you subscribed, shared, and left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Our theme music is by Taylor Calise, and our thumbnail art is by John Bliss. You can find more of his work on Twitter at John Blissart, that's at J-O-N-B-L-I-S-S-A-R-T. Our episodes are produced by me and co-edited by our resident Mushroom Jin. 
Our social media manager is our favorite surly turtle, DeSombra. Find more about our various social medias by visiting our website, rfedpod.com.